0: yeah yeah sorry i, I was going off on a, on a on a ramble there but um yeah protein and just consistency of the the food you're logging, i think are the two things that um i wasn't kind of practicing that first time around yeah but um i'm sure i'm sure we'll get into that now like or, or later of our approaches currently so yeah that, that's what i would feedback to that so yeah
1: like you're probably having more protein now and maybe less fat was that right maybe
0: more vegetables is that right right uh, it's been it's been sort of different, but um, just yesterday I kind of increased the vegetables because yeah. um, I was doing the high protein kind of thing. Uh, yeah, for that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think people kind of go in, from what I've seen with the car with the calories don't matter um, crowd. They tend to go wrong in the sense that they eat a lot of like just like fried bacon, uh, butter, eggs, all that kind of stuff, and like pretty much neglecting vegetables neglecting your leaner sources of protein like chicken beef where that's going to give you the biggest bang for your buck so if you combine all that with being in ketosis you get the really biggest appetite suppression effects um would you say that's probably your synopsis because you've got more experience in keto
0: than i have yeah i don't know um i don't know how to approach it in terms of like performance in the gym or muscle or just retaining lean tissue um because that first time around, I wasn't really tracking none of that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of it from the person that was giving me or that was putting out the information. Um, I'm trying to understand, like, you know, why they believe in the kind of not tracking calories um, and just going off of, you know, appetite and hormones is, is how they would explain it. But I guess if you if you kind of just log it in your head as well of what you're eating, like, you know, I have to eat this much, um, throughout the day, this many times. Yeah. That's another way you could do it as well. So I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to shit on that approach, but I'm trying to think of like how or why they approach it that way. Um, I guess
1: I'd say, I'd say if, you know, if you can get appetite down low enough, you probably will lose some weight. Um, but then there'll be a certain break point where you're going to have to track calories. Like for example, um, with me at like 96 or 97 kilos, um, pretty much anything, any dietary change I made at that stage would have dropped weight because I was literally force feeding food in myself, you know? So um, it was quite easy to drop weight at that stage because it was just a case of, well, you know, stop having the mentality of bulking, I guess is really, it? And like, while people don't necessarily have the mentality of bulking, a lot of people will just overeat, you know, consistently on a week to week basis. So yeah, I think just that makes a change. It's like if you're training a beginner, just getting a beginner in the gym, you're going to get them to see results. It doesn't necessarily mean your approach is good. And at a certain point, you'll have to have a break point where you'll have to actually start getting more detailed. And I guess that's a similar thing with keto. You can do so much um, just by not tracking, but at a certain point, just because it naturally lowers the amount of food you eat, but at a certain point, you'll probably have to track. The phrase that I I used before is that um, you don't always have to count calories, but calories always count. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kind of simplify it for people. Okay, yeah.
0: So, yeah, just um, I guess that makes sense what you just said there. Yeah, like, just my like experience with dieting now. I'm I'm kind of sick of diets. Like, I don't like thinking about diets or yeah. practicing diets. I'm at the stage now where I've kind of gone through that, and now I just focus in on high protein vegetables that's pretty much because i feel like all diets kind of get down to that anyways at the end and that's what if you just take off the mask of a diet that's what it is yeah um controlling portion control so um yeah my kind of obsession with diets has kind of ended now (laughs) i can say i've tried pretty much everyone so um yeah like currently i'm not really interested in like a certain type of diet it's just like I, I like my own approach and balance if you want to call it that yeah
1: so do you, do you find on that note like before we go on to the keto and stuff and um, do you find on that note um you've probably because you, you dieted pretty much solidly from like January December time to September time-ish and it was a it was a long hard cut and as I say you' probably still be experiencing a bit of diet fatigue are you are you experiencing now that you probably have a bit of diet burnout like you just can't be asked to be not not dies in the sense of fat loss burnout. Um,
0: maybe because that was something that you brought up and I didn't even think about. Um, it might be. Um, what I've kind of taken away from like, the past year is like just the habits that I've built and the trends and the patterns of eating that I've built is something that I'm just sticking to. Like I'm not trying to think of like food in terms of like diet i'm just trying to practice habits patterns and trends that um have worked for me and that i can see have worked for other people so like with meno for example um i can identify the trends and the habits that he does that um that i do so it's like i'm i'm more concerned with that now i'm not really concerned with like the the name of the diet or if you know what i mean I know, you know I guess
1: yeah kind of speaking a little bit from from my person I, I I've been thinking I probably a little bit burnt out on dieting as I dieted for most of 2020 and um I think I'm probably getting to the point where I am I was a little bit burnt out on dieting like I've been bouncing around the 80 to 85 range since probably October November time and uh, it's been difficult to kind of so that's like a 10 pound range just going up and down kind of thing so it's been difficult to really break down past that and I think that's been just me really burnt out in dieting. So this experiment that we're doing at the moment where I'm doing low carb, but basically not tracking and eating ad lib. I think this is quite a period of almost like, um, mentally kind of healing myself from all the diet fatigue and burnout. I think i have been far too focused on it. Um, and so it's basically, I've spent all of 2020, uh, in some format, either hungry or recovering from being hungry, you know? And that, I don't think that's particularly great to do long-term. And so, I've been happy to take a bit of a step back from that and just focus on eating whenever and whatever I want. And it's, it's quite funny because like last yesterday was probably the first time in a few weeks where I felt I was quite happy to just go. Because even, even the fasting was getting a bit tiring. So I think you can utilize, it's something I talk about with my clients, is you can utilize so much of it before it just starts to, you just start to get yeah, just you start to get burnt out with it. So, you know, doing like five day fasts and fast three times a week, it starts, it works very effectively, but you start to get burnt out. So, you've got to manage those tools. They're quite high fatigue tools. And I think, in a way, tracking is maybe also a high fatigue tool as well. It's a very effective tool, but I think for me, at least for the future, I'm not so sure I want it to be a massive part of my life unless I'm doing like a contest prep where I really need to get down from, say, 10% down to, you know, eight to seven. I would like to, I mean, part of our little experiment, our little low-carb experiment, I'm now on week three of that, is uh, to try and see how I do. I might have to moderate my expectations a little bit because I think I think I need a period of just like healing first. So I think I need to re- reduce my diet fatigue, that will make my sleep better, all that kind of stuff. And yesterday I was saying was the first time where I got really busy with work and I ended up not eating until four o'clock, but that, was a, that wasn't a conscious choice. And then I ate at four o'clock and I didn't eat much yesterday. I had that big sort of steak meal, Uh, but that's about it. Um, So basically I think eating ad lib has allowed my appetite to normalize somewhat. And I think with all the fasting and all the dieting from last year, I was probably getting to be a little bit burnt out. And uh, so one of the things that I want to look look at now is how can I actually move away from a model of dieting, which involves constantly counting calories, constantly fasting or whatever, um, and that seems to be a very intense way to do things. So I guess I was curious about your sort of interpretation, like whether you're burnt out from that or something else. And like from what you're saying, you don't seem burnt out in that respect. But I think maybe I'm kind of speaking for myself. I can almost definitely say that I was very burnt out towards the end of sort of last year. And like this year, having this perspective and just eating basically whatever I want or whenever, whenever I want and whatever and how much I want within the confines of a few dietary rules has been has not felt restrictive to me. That's felt like I've been a bit more relaxed. Everything's been a bit more, I'm still able to eat. Like today I woke up and I'm actually pretty hungry. Um, so I'll probably have some some a big breakfast. Um, but yeah, I don't, yeah, that's, um, I think that's the thing. My, my low carb experiment will be, it'll be a bit up and down, I think. I don't think I'm going to lose weight straight away. Um, but I think over the long term, it's probably going to be quite helpful in reducing a lot of diet fatigue.
0: yeah um to feedback on that how do you feel about eating to satiety because to me that sounds tricky like (laughs) with my appetite i don't know how that will go like i don't know if i'll put on weight like doing that because i feel like the tracking kind of keeps me um accountable and I won't be complacent. That that's why I weigh in every day. That's why I log in my numbers every day because I feel like it keeps me accountable. And I feel like there's like there might be like a fear there where I do not really trust myself to eat on um, track. I, I I didn't trust myself in that. If that makes sense, even though I'm not making bad decisions. Like, yeah. yeah. Do do you think it's possible to to overdo it on vegetables and protein. Like I don't, I don't, um, I'm not, I'm not talking to someone about that. Like I'm not, I'm not seeing people talk about
1: that. I think there's two factors here, right? One is that there definitely will, your food choices will definitely affect your overall appetite. That's definitely true. I think if you were to do a day of eating, say um, chocolate and cakes and you'd eat way, way over 2,800 easily. Uh, So just naturally it does affect it somewhat. And also you'd be ravenous um like i don't think people realize just how little two, two three thousand calories of chocolate is it's like really small It's like 600 grams you know it's, it's hardly anything. people could pack that away during um you know an easter sunday so there's that that's one thing the other thing is you and i are both coming from a place where we have been dieting for a large portion of the previous year now i think there's naturally going to be a draw which pulls us back towards a higher body weight for a while so i think we have to evaluate our own. We have to. This is where we have to be reached like a sort of a, a Zen-like status of like, okay, we have to understand ourselves is that we probably have got a natural pull towards eating more and that we probably will do. And so part of like what I'm trying now is a diet recovery where I'm eating basically ad lib with certain rules. With you, you're eating, You're you're eating within certain rules as well. So we're both eating within certain rules, essentially, is that I'm, Cutting out calves you are. Well, you're doing the same thing. Yeah, effectively, we're, we're doing the same. Yeah, I suppose the only difference is I'm doing Ad Lib, you're doing it um, with calorie counted. That's the only real major difference. I suppose what I would ask is, do you feel your appetite is larger now than it was, say, last year before you started working with me and when you were a lot larger? That's an interesting question.
0: It's hard to say because of how the the years gone, and like we're in lockdown, so. Yeah. it's the, the whole situation the whole the whole setup is different to co- compared to like when I started um, with you last 2019 yeah um, so that it's it's complete I don't know how like you could um, standardize that and kind of yeah. and ma- make that decision because it's just like you're you're not the, the gym access isn't available you're stuck at home for most of the day so I don't know how much um, the psychological kind of thing plays of that or the diet fatigue but um i don't know yeah i don't i don't know how to quantify that if that makes sense mm. um but i feel like I, I had 500 grams of protein so i don't know, yeah. I, don't know. Uh, I don't know how this works at the minute yeah. uh, in terms of appetite but i but i know like i have to eat like high protein and veg to yeah. keep satiated Um, that's the best way I can describe it Um, yeah at the minute that's the way I would uh, describe that but the taste and smell thing is weird as well like that's playing a part in this where I'm not having fatigue with food options because it's just there to get eaten it's weird because it's really weird to to kind of feedback on yeah
1: I think I think the similarity I've seen between both of us though is that we want to focus less on the diet And we want to just, you know, it won't, it won't want it to just be an automated thing. I think that's possibly maybe part of it, you know, maybe, I don't know, that possibly might be a sign of a little bit of burnout. It's like we're kind of over it, like, you know, that bad girl thing, I'm over it. Uh, So, like that, we're probably there. I'm definitely not at that stage where I'm over it. I don't want to be thinking about diet massively, my own diet. I'm too busy with work and I just don't want to be putting together like complicated sort of fasting schedules i just want to eat when i'm hungry and i think that's why and i think for you as well like the high protein high vegetable like i'm doing high protein vegetable tends to allow you to do that it tends to allow you to be in a place where it's like okay i can just eat when i'm hungry i'm not too bothered about trying to you know draw calories out or feel that real gnawing hunger because i imagine there were times when we were doing the psmf like there was some pretty bad hunger. Like you don't really want to be experiencing that again any, in any rush. And there's no need to because you're, you're lean now. So um, yeah, I think that's possibly a sign of like, okay, you know what? There is a bit of diet burn. I, I don't think like, for example, if I if we were to do a contest prep diet right now, I think you'd be able to do it. I just don't think you'd particularly
0: enjoy it though. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think what I'm looking for is simplicity. I think that's what, just, just what I want at the minute. And then I, just, I, just, I just got, I just, I discussed that with you as well. Like, I just want like everything to be simple. Like, I don't want to overthink anything. Yes, I think. Yes, that's another thing as well. Yeah, totally. totally. Yeah, yeah, I get it.
1: Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, I think we were going to talk a bit about the uh, the Menno podcast. We've been good on for yeah, a while. Actually, definitely. you okay for time?
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. right, yeah.
1: Yeah, me too. You know what? I'll, so, yeah, this is the story of the camera that I bought. I got this especially for the Men of Podcast. I bought this. This is a Logitech 1080 stream cam. It's supposed to be really good. Um, turns out it's got a USB C connection, which wasn't clear on Amazon. And so, <laughs> then embarrassingly, I bought an adapter, which was the wrong fucking adapter because it was for the <laughs> other way. So. <laughs> So <laughs> it was just an absolute disaster and so i ended up using this crappy camera that i've got which i've still got but no i'm going to order a new one which is going to be another logitech 108 with the right connection now um, <laughs> nightmare so i'm giving that back um that's um i mean it didn't cost much it was about 150 quid all together with the little add-on as well so it's not like a massively expensive camera but it's uh, supposedly good for youtube streaming and stuff like that so it'll help the quality uh, and it sits just on top there, so it should be quite good. But yeah, <laughs> what a mess. Uh, <laughs> that's the story behind the, um, the camera, yeah. So, right, now let's get back to low-carving. <laughs> All right, so um, I think we were going to talk a bit about um, the Menno podcast
0: yeah go for it um whatever you want to touch on and then Um,
1: i'll yeah so yeah it was um it was really interesting um now i guess some of the the biggest takeaways that i got were i wasn't sure whether the benefits of the low carb stuff was actually from i I wasn't sure whether the benefits of low carb stuff was actually inherently from it being low carb or from going into ketosis um i'm also a big fan of this guy called marty kendall and um according to him he's got he's actually got a book called big fat keto lies <laughs> um and so one of the lies is i believe that i've actually got the pdf i bought it that uh, ketosis is a necessary part of it so i wasn't really sure and i wanted to ask uh, menno his opinion on whether your primary goal was hit to hit ketosis because of the appetite suppression or ketosis was a secondary goal towards eating high satiation foods and if that was the case then you could actually add in high satiety foods which were not keto which pulled you out of keto and would the trade-off be worth it and so basically he um he, he said probably not <laughs> he said you you kind of are going for ketosis and that is where the benefit is which is where he differs from Marty Kendall Marty Kendall says ketosis doesn't matter what matters is the satiation of the foods so that's like a, those two are very intelligent guys, and they're they both um, have draw upon a large body of data. Now, Menno, I don't know whether Meno has more or less practical experience. I don't know whether Marty has more or less practical experience. I know they both coach people. They both coach high level competitors. Marty's a bit more Gen Pop, so take from that what you will. You know, um, as you know, it's easier to drop twenty pounds of somebody who's sixty pounds overweight than it is to drop 20 pounds to somebody who's 20 pounds overweight you know it's harder so marty works with a lot more people who are gen pop now he gets great results but again they're not bodybuilders getting out to shredded condition um meno works with a lot of contest prep guys so take from that what you will you know basically men saying that ketosis being the act of being ketosis will probably grant you a little bit more benefit and that was really the sticking point that i was on. Like do you need to go if like again just to frame the discussion for the audience again like on the road to being low carb like if you've got something that you feel is going to fill you up a lot like maybe let's say it's like greek yogurt but it's going to pull you out of ketosis is can you have that or is it worth staying away from it is is kind of the question that i'm positing now now Meno's answer was that actually it's worth being ketosis but then he also said two additional things he said one you should try and eat as many carbs as you can while still remaining in ketosis. Um, and then he says, the other thing is, if you're still maxed out your food volume, and you've maxed out, you know, you're on, you're in ketosis, and you're still hungry at that stage, you may just not get the appetite suppression effects of keto. So then you might want to go for more Greek yogurt and not be not bothered about ketosis. So, you know, according to Meno, it. It's not open and shut, but the ketosis does offer a bit more benefit. According to Marty, offers zero benefit, and it's more about satiating foods. Um, And ketosis might be a side effect of it. It might not. But as I say, Marty does work with a lot of gen pop. And that, you know, like it or not, that changes things.
0: Yeah, on that point of um, satiation um, or being satiated, me personally, I think like if you set it up with a lot of dark leafy greens, you will have a lot to eat. Like there shouldn't be an issue there with the amount you will you you'll be able. I think Menno said it, he said like a kilo or two of food. Yeah. Like if you if you just use like spinach, for example, like the amount of spinach you can eat, I'm sure would be so much. Yeah. On on that. Um that's where I'm taking this. The, the point about satiation like those, those food options sh- should help in terms of like the getting shredded like absolutely shredded and staying in uh, ketosis if that's the issue um yeah like and then pulling out ketosis for the extra carbs through the pre yogurt and stuff um i don't really I, I wouldn't really see that as a problem if as long as you're staying within a deficit um yeah that, yeah so, I, did, I yeah so that that's the question isn't it
1: um like let's say you pull yourself out of ketosis by having some extra carbs on a thursday because you've had decided to have some greek yogurt now is that going to spike your appetite because you come out of ketosis that's the question you know so let's say let's say the ketosis does offer an appetite suppression benefit Your appetite goes out to here eating some greek yogurt while temporarily filling might pull you out of ketosis which actually raised your appetite overall.
0: I don't know. I don't know. Um, that's the question. The problem that I have with ketosis is the amount of protein that you're allowed, because yeah, is it is that um, so? H- how much protein would pull you out of ketosis? Like because of the is is protein converted into glucose? If I don't think. It, I, I don't think
1: there's a massive amount. No, no, I don't think there's a massive amount because you're having a decent amount of fat. I don't, there's the, the new sort of model of ketosis. I think this is different from when you were doing it originally. I think when you were doing it originally, you probably heard low protein, high fat, right? Yeah. If it, now, if you're lifting weights, so if you're doing some kind of resistance training, if you, or if you're just an active male, a lean male like you are, there's actually, you, you, you would have to eat an insane amount of protein to come out of ketosis. So I think the data on that is looking a lot better now. For having more of a sporting ketosis even i think even lyle's changed his mind on that somewhat since his original book but so meno's recommendations are actually quite low on protein in the grand scheme of things like he recommends uh, roughly 1.8 grams per kilo so for you that would be a minimum of 135 and then to a maximum of I think he's... is. It's a range, but that's like a minimum end. Long driving that much, you're good. You can then you can adjust it to appetite. And then I think he has. He might have you as high as I don't know two point seven. I think it is. Yeah, two hundred. Basically, many would put you in a range of one thirty five to two hundred, and then fill in the rest of your day with a bunch of like fat and a bunch of um, carbs. So if we were to, well, I don't know how much carbs you need? So let's say. You know, let's say, yeah, you had 200 grams of protein. Just trying to fit out your diet here for, say, 2,800, right? So, all right, grams of protein, uh, let's write this down, actually, see where we're at. <laughs> um, so, all right, let's go notepad. All right. So we've got 200 grams of protein is 800 calories, right? And then from that, well, let's say we have maximum 50 grams of carbs, and that is two hundred, okay, two hundred calories. There's a thousand calories, and basically you want to get your remainder eighteen hundred calories from fat, which is two hundred grams, right? That makes sense. Two hundred times nine equals eighteen hundred. No, is that right? Yeah, that's right. I think two hundred times nine. Yeah, eighteen hundred. That's right. So yeah, you, your macros would be under menu. For maximum protein 200 protein um for 800 calories 50 carbs for 200 calories of carbs um 200 grams of fat for 1800 calories of fat so that would be your approximate macros for if me- if probably if men was to put you on a fat loss keto thing um maybe worth a try at some point i mean in terms of fat you're not having anywhere close to 200 grams of fat right
0: I think on one day I hit around there, but then protein. Yeah, I think I would, I would struggle with it just because of the, like with with the vegetable probably intake. Yeah, I probably could do it, but I wouldn't be like, I'd probably be happier with another approach. But I could see myself doing that because, um, like I was looking into sources like cheese, um, instead of the the Greek yogurt, um, or the cottage cheese um using fat you put some meat was another thing that i was looking into um but what the way i ended it ended up doing it was like protein was jacked um fat wasn't as high yeah, yeah. uh carbs were like i was doing well with the carbs like they were under 50 grams but it, it was just that issue with protein that i had i just couldn't i couldn't lower the protein for the for the extra uh, extra fats like that was what i was looking at like um you had, I'm looking at your your spreadsheet
1: here, you had on that day... Oh, you got it. <laughs> you got it? Oh, I thought it'd be, it'd be good to get it up. So on that yeah. day, you had um, 50, 56 grams of carbs, 60 grams of fat, and 500 grams of protein. Now, typically, you know what, you know, you know. what, dude? Typically, your fat is actually at a decent level. Like, it's not low. Um, you know what? Like, just to give the audience a bit of an idea, like, you're averaging roughly 160 grams of fat alongside 260 70 grams of protein with carbs about in the 50 gram range actually to be fair like your vegetable intake is fine you know like absolutely fine so what, what i mean by that is it's 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 allowing you to hit the number of um requisite you know grams of carbs so your vegetable intake is a okay as far as i can see um, so if you're you could well substitute some protein from some fat. It would be interesting to see if you did that, whether you got better appetite control by, by reducing the protein. That Because according to Menno you could, bear in mind, that was a, that's the top end of protein. According to Meno, you could get your protein as low as 135 and have your fat as high as, or whatever, 300 grams, I don't know. Um, that's an interesting one. Like, would you, I guess it would be an interesting question. Like, would you be satisfied with that much fat? We, we don't know until you try it, but that's an interesting one.
0: I think, um, the sources that i'm using at the minute are dark chocolate uh cheese walnuts and just fatty cuts of meat yeah i think off the, top, off the top of my head that's what i'm using at the minute in my weeks um to get that fat that high but i think the majority is through the the cuts of meat i think i've got a question right for you. how was your appetite yesterday you remember uh, with the veg, um, coming in because I yesterday I put in the veg. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, it, it was it was fine. Because, with that vegetable, not it? Because the day before,
1: on Friday, you pretty much completely approximated what menna would recommend. You had 180 grams of protein, 40 carbs, and 232 fat. So what my point is, the day after that, where you know that recommendation, your appetite control was amazing. Yes, you added more carbs. I get that. But, you know, confounding factors, it's difficult to know, difficult to isolate. But it's certainly, more, or maybe do you remember what your appetite was like on Friday? Maybe towards the end of Friday.
0: I'd have to look at my, because I'm, I'm using my phone to record, I'd have to look back onto my log and see yeah. what I was eating. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's something that I'll have to discuss with you after. But it's an interesting yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have to look into that, yeah, and just see.
1: But, um, yeah. I, sorry, I, I saw a I saw a study which looked at the, comparing the satiety effects of protein versus veg and while it's accepted that protein is the most, you know, satiating macro, it, it's called in the question, when you look at specific um, studies which look at, like yeah, protein is more satiating than a lot of other things it's certainly more than the, satiating than the western diet, but if you look at protein comparison to, and obviously even Marty Kendall would agree, protein and fiber is the best, you know, most satisfying um, combination, but if you look at the difference between protein versus vegetables there is a study which does that and it shows that vegetable intake was comparatively um, better for satiety than just protein intake so if you really want to get down to the wire it is vegetables it's not protein they both help but like the numero uno is probably vegetables so um, if we if we did say have your protein at a reasonable level say 180 which is drastically down it's like 100 grams down for you almost and fat yeah, 230 or 220, whatever, then it'd be interesting to see if that consistently produces better fat loss or better appetite control. Because I'm sure that's something you'd be interested in experiencing if it did. And it might be closely more approximated to the um, golden age diet as well, Quoted to Rick. I don't know. It's
0: interesting. I love all the experimenting and just trying out new stuff. Um, at the minute, I don't know if, if, I'm, a, if I'm a good control because... <laughs> Because of the taste and smell, I don't know how that. I don't know how that. Because I could just sit there and be eating blocks of cheese and like, (laughs) what the hell? (laughs) Do you know what (laughs) I mean? So, I'd have to, I'd have to either wait till it it comes back and then try and see how it felt.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because
0: I, I could, I could literally. I think the other, the other week or the other day, I was just eating like seven to eight eggs, hard boiled. And I do that. That would have been a lot, a lot different, I think, for me if I didn't have my... Um, if I had my taste and smell, so... Yeah, I love eggs. Cheese um, and eggs on my
1: jam, definitely.
0: Dude, steak and eggs, I'm waiting for my taste to come back just to try I it. will
1: send you a picture of what I had last night. It was steak and eggs. It was great. <laughs> and it's ribeye like, that big. It was awesome. So, um, yeah, anyway, going back to what we were talking about, like, that is a really interesting segue. Like, you know, I would love to see whether that has a more beneficial effect on you in terms of appetite than otherwise and if so then basically menna would say well ketosis has actually offered you greater benefits and the fat and satiety has offered you, greater you may be not needing you may be not needing that much protein i will say that for people listening that like, it's not like your protein is insanely high apart from the 500 gram day it's still very reasonable but it's just interesting to see how we might do with um, fat that a little bit higher to only from about 170 to 200, you know, just a little bit difference. And then an um, appropriate reduction of protein. It'd be interesting to see how that changes your appetite. Because we know that you jacking up your, I think jacking up your protein and jacking up your fat has helped. Um, but what if we just affected the ratios a little bit more by just fine-tuning the fat a little bit higher and down taking the protein a little bit lower. It'd be interesting to see because the data seems to suggest that it might help
0: but also you might not get the benefits from ketosis i don't know i guess we'll see dude let, let's let's try that then i'm going to get in some sources of like cheese and fats um, i'll bring the protein down so that's that's my that's my that's gonna be my biggest struggle i'll bring the protein yeah, yeah, yeah. down
1: yeah
0: and we'll see what happens for the next week or two i've that. i've
1: been doing like um a lot more fattier cuts Actually, pretty similar to what you laid out in one of your videos was fattier cuts of meat um i've been doing more with like gammon and bacon and stuff like that eggs a lot more cheese a lot more i love my eggs and cheese um that's been working out pretty well you know what's actually hard to find in england is um full fat versions of some things like quark and um cottage cheese what's what's with that
0: yeah in asda, i can't find full fat i can find full fat uh, yogurt but not um cottage cheese it's always fat free or quark.
1: or quark you can't find full fat quark
0: yeah yeah same yeah ridiculous but yeah, um,
1: so that was one of the big things that come out of, of the meta conversation was this whole idea behind ketosis versus sati- satiating foods. There's a lot of crossover. It's kind of like a Venn diagram, you know, <laughs> um, and and then the ketosis may well offer you that benefit. See, I don't know at the moment because I'm not drink- tracking calories. I'm just kind of going off. I suspect I am in ketosis, but I don't really know. So I'm not I'm not the best indicator. And I, I actually don't really fancy I, I probably had any ketosis because there's nothing i'm eating that would pull me out and i'm training as well so um probably the most carby things i eat on a day-to-day basis apart from the vegetables which are all fibrous is uh, cottage cheese which is about two grams per 100 grams um which is not much so on that note, actually this stuff is magic right? so this is um bulk powder zero calorie syrup and this is the uh i think it's you can't read it from there it's the uh, maple maple flavor, uh, but it's great. Like if you put a bit of that with cottage cheese, it's a great snack. Um, so I've been having that; it's really good. Like I just need a little hint of it, and it's just it's very very good. So it's definitely a little bit. Uh, but what I have noticed is I don't really have much of a sweet tooth with, with and that also makes me think I'm probably in ketosis. I don't have any sweet cravings. Like, what about you? Do you get this?
0: Um, not really. In the in the in my, in my cutting phases, what I found was was that I was reaching for squash um, quite regularly. Right, and thinking back on it, I was doing that because I was looking for a sweet kick. You do that now? Um, not recently, but just yeah. thinking because I heard someone say that um, they would they would drink liquids, but it wouldn't be just plain water. Right. And I think the reason why they were doing it was to get a sweet sensation through like a diet soda or, or like say squash, hmm. um, but not recently. Um, but I did find myself in the cutting phases doing that and it was something that might have been, you know, unconscious or has that, just...
1: Has that been a conscious choice for you not to do it now then? Or you just naturally stopped doing it? well
0: um... like Diet Cokes and shit like that? I I would yeah I I just haven't been practicing it recently but it was it was something that I liked doing like um, the sparkling water as well was another yep. one. Yep. But I just find like at the minute I'm not really having to yeah to reach to reach for it if that makes sense. Absolutely. But it is nice. Yeah Absolutely. yeah. I've I've
1: not been doing it and like I wonder why that is. You know I've not been ter- going for the diet coke. I've not been going for the sugar free like Jello. You know, makes. I've not been really giving for the dilute juice. I just have plain water, or I have coffee or tea. Um, that's interesting. It's basically getting rid of a sweet tooth.
0: Yeah, actually, yeah, it m- makes sense. Yeah, I d- I just realised that I, I was saying earlier that I wanted simplicity, but now I'm like, yeah, let me just try this like new. new <laughs> habit. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess in like lockdown, it's something to look forward to. So like, I've got something to. Make a challenge for now. So, yeah, going going forward, yeah. Um, these little habits and stuff, I'll keep note of as well. Cause, um, I I, I do like my orange squash and strawberry squash, but I've not been, yeah, not not been using them recently. So,
1: because you were doing a lot of the uh, the lollipops and stuff, but you've not. i obviously it's cold, but like you've not been doing a bunch of that stuff either. Like, uh, it's interesting because I I noticed it the other day because I I normally when I start my day I normally have two liters of, of juice made up i'll make up like a dilute juice with like and i'll neck that in the kitchen and i'll make up another one so like before 12 o'clock i'll already have two liters of fluids you know um but i've i've been putting in less and less dilute juice because i don't like the taste it tastes too sweet now one of the things that men have said on a side note is that there's research to show the best way to um kill a craving is not to give into it but it's actually to kill to to starve the craving and I, I wonder if that's maybe what we're seeing here. Like, I'm not really fancying sugar and chocolates and shit like that. And I normally, I'll have a bit of a chocolate Saturday night, but I couldn't really give
0: a crap about it right now. That's that's interesting. Yeah, just to because because we, we might be doing it without even thinking about it. Yeah. But now we're kind of re- now we're kind of realizing that. So that's weird. Yeah, I I just like my my uh, dark chocolate at the minute but that's quite bitter it's not really it's not sweet it's it's more bitter isn't it what percentage yeah i think it's um it might be 90 to 100 yeah so it's full on the, the way the cocoa kind of um solid feels the texture of it is really nice yeah uh cuz i was having peanut butter as well recently and just the texture of peanut butter felt really comforting even though i couldn't taste it it was like mm. it just felt really nice but I think pe- peanut butter has, is it carbs? Is
1: it too much carbs? It has a few, yeah. I think, I think the, those, those kind of peanuts generally avoid them, or too many of them at least. I think there are some some peanuts like walnuts, which are actual true peanuts. Uh, a, a peanut aficionado would, would tell me the difference between the two, but yeah, I was going to say. Um, yeah, so I think it's it's an interesting thing then that we've both experienced a bit of a reduction in, in needing sugar um, or wanting sugar, having those cravings. Yeah that is quite a big one isn't it because if, also if you look at the content you've been putting out lately a lot of it has been sort of high protein high vegetable pro protein pro vegetables like a lot of the content in the early days when we were doing when you were doing the um, the previous diet the first major diet there were a lot of like so sweet substitutes there's not as many of those now um, it's very subtle change but it's there isn't it like, I'm noticing it myself, as well. I'm not really wanting that sweet stuff. Like, I'd rather reach for, like, a hard boiled egg or a slice of cheese, which sounds really weird, but there you go.
0: Yeah, I I um, added in a kiwi yesterday. I think it was th- three kiwis. It's a fruit. Um, but for the last week or two, I've not had fruit um, that regularly either because I, I did like my frozen fruits. Um but yeah like I've, I've practiced all the flexible um dieting uh treats and stuff like cook, like coming out of the uh, the court um so i've done all that and to me like yeah more the more attractive thing at the at the minute to me and probably for the future is just vegetables and protein mm. um that's what i'm kind of thinking at the minute anyways that's more attractive to me
1: uh, had- going forward I've traditionally kind of had people on um, sort of um, refeeds or, or cheat meals, stuff like that, if they've been on very restricted diets. But, I mean, part of me is thinking maybe that's not the way to go now. You know, maybe it's just too, it's, it's a difficult sell, isn't it? If, if you get a new client who says, OK, I want to drop some weight, it, it may well be a difficult sell to say, OK, you're going to have, you know, <laughs> Chicken and broccoli and that's, well, obviously that's not, it's more to it than that, but, you know, it might be a difficult sell to say, look, we're going to have high protein, high, high, high vegetables, and that's it um, until the diet's over. But um, if, if it's actually better for their appetite control over time, then, you know, maybe that's actually a, a better way to go. Because you, you're thinking about building habits for the long term. And if you look at setting someone up with, you know, a refeed or whatever uh, during the course of the week, it may well be negatively influencing their relationship with food potentially and more the stability might be a better idea in the same way that you know the whole flexible dieting thing like yeah you can have whatever you like within your macros it provides it, it it just keeps your cravings just all over the place um so it may well be the better approach i mean it's certainly proving to be quite good for me like i it's not like i have to force myself not to indulge in like chocolate. i don't really want to it doesn't come across my mind and that's a very different thing than than saying I'm doing this, you know, I'm forcing myself to do it. Like, it's not an effort for me. I get to eat whenever I like, whatever I like. It's not a big effort for me to diet this way. And I don't really want sweets and chocolates and things. It's not something I've even thought about. Like, literally, I think you and I have just clocked onto the fact that we've slowly started to not want sugar as much, like, just in this podcast. Um, It's kind
0: of weird. That's interesting. Um, Like, the individual approach that you take um it might play into like post contest which i've never done but you have so maybe you could shed some light on that um the need for like that post that, that binge that post show binge um even in that first cutting phase where you gave me the cheap meals and the refeeds mm. i wasn't really too fixated on it because i remember asking you like can i still have fruit and stuff for the refeed and you were like yeah but fiber <laughs> watch out yeah um and I was still asking you, like, should, should I still track this stuff? Because I still want to track it. Like, I still want to be accountable for it. Mm-hmm. So I guess I was building those habits back then anyways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, because I, I remember oh, I had just recently been listening to um, the Golden Era. And they used to talk about that one day on the weekend where they just blew out. Yeah. Like, they woke up the next day with all that water fluid. And then they worked it off throughout the week. Mm-hmm. So yeah I'm just wondering like is that one day worth it or should you have that one day but just increase the amount you eat of your normal um foods that you have in your routine like, it's it's yeah like what are your thoughts on that post-show kind of mentality where you just had that cheat meal or that time with your friends and family
1: I I I didn't really I basically I I didn't do any kind of post-show binge or anything I that. After right after the show, um, there's a couple of friends came with me, um, and we went to a burger restaurant. I had, a, and this is literally like an hour after the show. I had, and but the thing is, I hadn't ate all day pretty much, so apart from time, I put in, mean, and I was really depleted. So I had a um, I had a burger with them, I a little bit dessert, but it wasn't like a massive binge. Um, it was literally just a meal, like a regular meal with a restaurant with friends, nothing abnormal. Just a burger fry. I remember the the restaurant, burger fries and. think it was a little bit i think we had a bit of dessert anyway and then i went home i went to sleep because i was exhausted because i had to drive back home for an hour and then the next morning i was back on my diet so i didn't really have that during the course of my prep but then yeah so during the course of my prep i i only really kind of like freaked out a little bit once and i think i had like a thousand calories above my my one time in like a six month prep and that was it so and that was like some like weird anxiety stuff because i was dieting really hard and even then, like my total carry intake for the day was like 2200, you know, it was it was nothing. So it wasn't a binge. So I never did. But then I think a large part of that is I'm not predisposed to binging. So like, I don't have an issue with it. I don't eat in sort of type, I never have. So, um, but I think, I think there's two schools of thought with this, isn't there? Like, I think one, if you restrict too much, maybe you would go to binging. That's a commonly held belief. I don't know how true that is though. Like, I, I don't really know. I mean, because the way that I'm seeing things now is, there's two types of restriction. There's restriction via calories and restriction via food choices. They both have their pros and cons. Like previously, if you had asked me this three years ago, I would have said, yeah, restriction via food choices is terrible. Restriction via calories is okay because I was coming from the whole flexible uh, dieting um, point of view, which I now realize is bullshit. Um, So I think quite potentially, you could argue that if you were just rigid with your food rules, you would be no more or less predisposed to binges because the binge behavior is really maybe what you're predisposed to or what you've learned as learned behavior i don't so i it's a big question mark
0: i don't know because just me personally i i don't really find the attraction i don't really see the attraction in like wanting to eat a bunch of donuts and pizza yeah. maybe the ice cream <laughs> i don't know if the ice yeah. cream sounds nice but um, i don't really see that attraction in just going crazy like i don't know
1: you know, when you were, you know, when you were really kind of like ultra 100 kilos, what were, were you like, what were you, I guess, what was it different then?
0: When I was up there?
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: Just not, just not being accountable for calories, not tracking. Mm.
1: Um,
0: I guess. But um, I shared with you, like, how I kind of took bits from Stan yeah. and then worked that in. So... I guess I was lucky in that way because I was focusing in on potassium and sodium at that 2019 uh, mark when I started with you. So um, yeah, I think just the the reason why I got up to 100 was just a neglect for energy balance. Yeah. Um, as well as, you know, just not having no uh, awareness of physique and <laughs> how I looked like. But
1: uh... I guess, I, guess I, I wanted to know whether... Your appetite was different then, like your cravings were different. Because I know that when I was heavier in my twenties, my ability to tolerate like large, large amounts of chocolate was very different to what it is now. Like I would smash chocolate donuts with, without a second thought, whereas now I really have to like you know I'm, I'm once I've had a little bit I'm done. Like I don't want any more. Like my, my change my taste is different now. I don't know.
0: The, I, I think I've always been interested in nutrition um from like even before that bulk um because i was doing the the you know the diets and stuff the reason why i i became obese was because i forced it on myself and i and I, i i convinced myself that if i want to get big and muscular i have to put on weight so i i forced like a thousand calorie shakes on days just to get in the food like so i think that's it wasn't really a um an issue with cravings in food it was more i was just doing that on purpose to myself <laughs> just just to see the scale weight go up because i thought the scale weight would in turn make me um bigger in, in size but then the lack of aesthetics came along with that so um that that was my uh, that was more of my experience just I, I was willing to force the food down me just to see the scale weight go up really yeah
1: that, that rich piano do what it takes mentality <laughs> <laughs> that segues onto my the final point i think which is the, the the question that i was kind of worried about and this this relates to your comment about the golden era bodybuilders so they would take like a day where they would just junk out now i think the thinking back then was if you didn't take that day because I, I know the thinking with the anabolic diet was if you didn't think that day your your ability to tolerate carbs would be lower so over time if you carried on doing keto diet you would lose the ability to actually uptake carbs into your muscle. So your muscles become less round, less full, and you eventually just wouldn't, you just wouldn't look as good. And you wouldn't, you long term, you'd kind of hamper your ability to tolerate carbs. That was the general thinking back then. So I asked um, I asked Menno, and I says, Does carb tolerance change with long-term keto? And his reply was effectively no. And more than likely, if anything, it gets better. So what helps insulin sensitivity is getting leaner so if you use the keto diet to like lose 20 percent body fat your ability to handle carbs is probably going to be better because there are genetic variances like but overall it'll actually get better rather than worse so that put my mind to rest because i was like do i need to have this weekend and i was the same as you it's like i didn't actually want to have this weekend high carb thing i didn't want to take that so am i okay to not take it and so far it's been working out all right like i'm still full and muscles still look very very pumped and very very full Um, and sodium is more of an indicator as I say I'm holding on to a lot of water today from last night Um, sodium is definitely a larger indicator for me Um, and I'm I'm quite happy to to think okay if I wanted a carb up for a photo shoot or whatever if I did have carbs I'd be able to tolerate them fine so I think that puts that to
0: rest which is quite nice yeah I'm sure like with your experience of getting um, your clients down to like low levels of body fat just getting them lean um, I don't know whether you've like, experienced like, trends in the way they eat or the amount of carbs they eat um, through the spreadsheet just tracking like with myself um, with you you would have seen me go up to like 525 grams I think it was yeah. like on some days and some weeks um, not really had <laughs> an effect uh, so yeah that, that, that's interesting um, and yeah like the, the leanness and just building muscle um, in terms with you know being able to use carbs i think makes sense as all well, yeah. in my eyes um i guess yeah, i don't know what else yeah
1: I've, I've seen some variation in people's ability to tolerate carbs i have one client at the moment who's um a yeah, female client and she she's not very good on carbs like she she actually wants she actually wants to eat less herself Um, so on her refeed days we have like a minimum a maximum of 100 grams which seems to be in the research 100 grams is roughly the cutoff for where you can have you can see the benefits and she's happy with that but with her i've actually got her off doing a more restrictive approach her it's looking more like keto long-term and getting rid of refeeds long-term and i'm happy with that approach for her she feels happy with that she feels happy (laughs) to have like natural foods um, non-processed foods all day and she's doing really well i have another guy who's um, a footballer And uh, it's the same with him. His carb tolerance is horrendous. Um, And I think with him, he's actually got a fair degree of insulin resistance. Um, The way he stores his body fat, um, his inflammation levels, and we haven't tested them, but he gets injured a lot from doing like regular shit. Um, And I think for him, it's a case of like, he's probably going to tolerate carbs worse and worse long-term. And it may well just be a matter of getting rid of them altogether for a while at least just see how he feels see if they feel better or worse so it definitely varies it definitely varies um but yeah i think overall it's probably like Meno was saying it's probably a set genetic thing rather than it being up or down like i had a i had some carbs last weekend so not this weekend but the weekend last um on friday and saturday and i found i was just full like my ability to hold carbs is insane like during when i was doing the contest prep is very difficult to flatten me out like i can have Seven days of low carbs or no carbs, I could do five days of fasting, and I just barely start to flatten out. It's it's, it's crazy, literally. That five days of fasting I did, that only then was I starting to look flat. But my muscles were insanely full. Like if you look if you look at my contest prep uh, photos, muscles are popping out all over the other place. Like body fat's always been more, body fat and water has always been more of an issue for me. So I think I'm actually an insulin over secreter. Um, and while we didn't go into massively, I have seem to agree with me when I said that on the podcast as well. So, um, yeah, I think carb tolerance is probably much more genetic related than it is anything else, despite body fat or whatever else. So it means that if you are pretty good at, you know, tolerating carbs initially, you're probably not going to be any worse or you might even be better on a a low carb keto diet.
0: On that note, if if I didn't like after a refeed day experience any changes in my physique in the mirror, like would that be a case of? like me not holding onto the carbs or how I, how heavy I, was the refeed um no just thinking back to my experiences with refeeds um because on some days i did i did see my actually on one day i refeed around 400 to 500 grams i think it was well, and there was no change in scale weight well uh, and then well that's
1: different changing scale weight is different uh, than changing the way your body looks like my scale didn't change much either but my muscles just blew out um because i dropped water and my muscles kind of
0: filled out so uh, yeah
1: there's a difference there
0: i yeah i've never really noticed a difference in the mirror if that makes sense like i don't know whether that's just me or i should have maybe taken pictures but i've never really noticed like a significant amount in in that regard um yeah just that's that's just my experience with with refeeds um even the recent ones with like the Rice Krispies and potatoes, um, yeah, I can't, I can't really say like how I looked. Maybe I should, maybe I should have taken, should have taken pictures, but just from my visuals, yeah.
1: You know, do you, remember, I, I tell you, do you remember I sent you that picture midweek with um, me in the gym? That was that was that I was getting sick pumps all week, and that, and that was probably because I had the carbs the last weekend. Um, literally i could just pick up a weight do a few sets of squats and everything just pumped up um now it's like it's fun sure but like then it's the case of that might set me back you know doing that on the weekend might set me back but i've got sick pumps all week this week um so you know that was i i had the carb load last weekend so uh take from that what you will so i think i think my ability to upload carbs is pretty strong um but it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? It's like, if that's great, but it's throwing your dieting efforts
0: off, then leave it until you're lean, I guess. Yeah, I'd have to like look into that or just pay more attention to my refeed days if I do ever have one. But so far, I've not really experienced that. Something else, like a little bit, I don't know if it's, if it's, if it's a bit um, anecdotal or rubbish. but have you ever heard Tom Platt say like he switches up his, his macros depending on the season as well?
1: Okay, how does he do that?
0: This is something that I heard him say. It's just some random. Um, but he was saying like in the when he when he started in the eighties, in the early eighties, so the nineteen eighties, eighty 81, 82, he switched to high carb, and before that he was doing high fat.
1: Yeah,
0: and and he it's that it might, might might sound a bit brash, but this is something that he said. He said um he's he said switching between low carb, high fat in the winter to high-carb, low-fat in the in the summer. Okay. What, what, do you think, what do you think about that?
1: Well, you know, the original forms of periodization was done by the season. So back in, like, 1950s, I think it was the 40s, when they first started to look at long-term data, they found that people were able to tolerate more workload in the summer and less workload in the winter. This is covered in uh, Bill Starr's book, The Strongest Shall Survive. And that was the most earliest forms of periodization. So you could people were shown to tolerate uh, better workloads in the in summer and actually to be able to do more work. So um, I don't know if that's something to do with what Tom Platz is saying, but seasonal differences are, are the granddaddy, the, the, gra- the great-grandfather the great of where periodization came from. So it's not ridiculous, no.
0: All right, because, yeah, because obviously, like, he, he came from that low-fat kind of era. Yeah. I mean, sorry, he came from that high-fat kind of era. Yeah, yeah. And, then he, and then he described saying, I switched to um, – high carb even though rick drayson mentioned that he goes i tried the high carb approach as well and it worked well for him um but one thing tom platts did say was is that every like hour and a half he was hungry mm. so um on the high carb, that's something that that's something that i can relate to yeah, yeah. so I, I i can i can relate to that and like thinking about that i'm like well for appetite i might want to stick to higher fats. so mm. that was interesting just to come across and just listen to
1: yeah and i think the olympia has traditionally always been in the winter right i think winter autumn time. so if you were in the summer doing a lot of work on a lot of drugs <laughs> um doing a lot of carbs then maybe that's a better model i, I don't know I'm, I'm spitballing but um makes sense okay interesting right so i reckon we'll um we'll start to wrap it up here but um that was uh, that was good, good a lot. <laughs> so this will go come out next weekend. Um, yeah, awesome. Yeah, nice one, dude. Cheers for the chat.